Hey everyone, Mike here. Welcome to the LaxRecords.com podcast, episode 32. First, let me get this out of the way. I want to apologize for kind of being a little bit of a AWOL for the past few weeks, but I'm in graduate school and that has been taking up quite a bit of my time over the last, uh, well, last six, eight months, but especially over the last few weeks as I've been taking two classes. So I have a couple guests lined up for the next few weeks, so I'm hoping to kind of do the bi-weekly thing like I'd promised you guys about a month or so ago. Um, so I'm hoping today starts that period. So as long as I can get these guests locked down, we will we will continue that. But for today, we are talking with High Point head coach John Torpy. And among the topics we discuss, I think this is going to be an interesting one, especially for parents and young players and pretty much anybody who's just kind of curious about how this stuff goes down. Um, we talk about things like how to get on a coach's radar, how, when, and the best way to contact a college coach, the new NCAA rules, we discuss a little bit what players can do to stand out from everybody else, how much contact a head coach expects to have from a player's parents, um, you know, what events to attend, how many events to attend. We cover a lot of information in today's podcast, and in the next week or so, I plan to have a little bit of a highlight um, transcription, kind of taking out some of the finer points of this interview as a printed piece, if you prefer printed piece. So I should have that up in the next week. So on for the interview today. I'm sure you get asked this first question a lot, and you probably have an answer for it. But you know, I know a lot of players, especially up and coming, always want to know like, how do they even get on a college coach's radar? Yeah, I mean, you, there's a series of things you have to do. Um, one, I think you've got to get in front of people, obviously, first and foremost, whether it's through recruiting camps, if you play at, um, at a, you know, at a school that's going to, you know, bring coaches to your campus, that's, that's obviously a plus, you know, but that doesn't happen in many areas outside of the hotbeds. But if you can, you know, get on a good team, that's going to get some exposure. Um, you can, you know, obviously put together a highlight film, get that out to coaches as kind of an initial, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. And just put some things in there, whether it's the initial email or the actual highlight film that just, you know, are things that might pop to a college coach, whether it's your size, whether it's your speed, whether it's, you know, different accolades in the sport of lacrosse or potentially other, other sports that you're playing. Uh, obviously your grades, that's going to, you know, open some doors. It's going to close some doors for you, mm -hmm. but you just want to make sure you're getting your name out there. And I think most coaches, you know, at that point will either, you know, reach back out to you with maybe just kind of a general correspondence or, you know, potentially like an invite to a prospect camp or, you know, if, if they're, you know, really interested in what they see in the initial term and it depends on the season, they might say, Hey, I'm going to be at this camp at this time. Uh, look forward to seeing you there. But you, you just have to stay relevant. And I think the, 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 the more outside of those hotbed areas of Maryland and Philadelphia and, and uh, New York, you are, uh, the more work you have to do um, just to, just to get that initial look and to, you know, reach out to these guys. And I think that these prospect camps have become a great opportunity for kids to just get on campus, you know, interact with coaches a little bit from a, you know, see who's coachable and, you know, get a chance to see what that coach's personality is like, get a chance to see the school a little bit and um, just get kind of that initial feel. And I think it's going to become even more prominent now with the recruiting changes, the yeah. rules here that we've, uh, that we've adopted. Yeah. And I, I'm actually going to get to that in, in a minute, but also uh, one thing I kind of want to follow up is like, you mentioned emailing the coaches, like with like highlight film and putting some stuff in there. Now, do you recommend like that the player reach out like to the head coach directly or would it be better if like, if I'm a goalie, find out who the goalie coach is and email them 
and, and instead, or you know, or a combination of the two. I think it's a great. I think it's a great question. I think the answer to that, for me at least, with our staff, I look at when they CC the entire staff on there, mm-hmm. uh, just so um, you know, I don't have to go ahead and forward that to an assistant or. You know, we, we basically can have an open dialogue about the student athlete right away. So if, if you know, if you're doing that, I think that's a great avenue um, to just invite, you know, kind of introduce yourself to everybody on the staff. And I like it when kids do that. Yeah. OK. Um, so for the for the highlight film, I know that's probably one of those things like and I'm sure you've seen way worse ones than I have. But any recommendations when they're sending you that email, but like, hey, here's a link to my highlight film. Like, what do you guys want to see out of that film? Because I know you guys are busy and you want to get what you can get out of it as quickly as possible. So what should kids be looking out for? Yeah, I think it's like three to five minutes. Uh, you know, I think you want to put, if you know, depending upon what position you are, uh, you want to put, you know, things, uh, maybe three or four things that you do within that position. So I always use, you know, defenseman as an example. You want to put some play on the ball. You want to put a little pl- bit of play with the ball, um, but you also want to put put some play on the uh, sorry off the ball. You know, maybe a situation where you you had a good slide, and you got two guys' hands, or you you know you hunted a double team, uh, things of that sort. Or you hedge and you kind of scrape back to your guy. Uh, don't just make it about one aspect of your game. Now, obviously, if there's one aspect of your game that is you know light years ahead of the other one, maybe it's a great dodging attackman who you know comes around the goal to his right hand. You want to put some clips in of that, but just make sure that you're multifaceted in terms of, you know, what you put in there. You know, you put in some riding as an attack when you put in some dodging to score, you put in some dodging to feed. And then I think the, you know, the second level of that is just putting in, um, you know, your opponents, uh, the, the teams you're playing against. So you kind of know who the competition level is. Mm-hmm. I think uh, for certain positions, like, you know, in the goal, I think it's, you know, good to maybe see a little bit more of a full game to see how that guy reacts when the shot goes in. I think people joke about it all the time when you get goalie and face-off highlight films. You get the film that, you know, never has a loss of a face-off. You get the <laughs> film that never has a kid getting scored on. And, you know, I like to see what guys look like, you know, in the face of adversity when they lose a face-off. Do they get in the hole? Do they, you know, get through the substitution game portion of the, you know, the face-off? Do they... You know, in the goal, do they, you know, hang their head? Do they point their finger at the at the guy who, you know, gave up the shot? Maybe it was a screenshot. But I want to see the the good, the bad, and the ugly with those two positions. And and really, I think the next that that kind of jumps into the next phase with you know midfielders and defenders and attackmen is once you get that initial highlight film. I think most coaches want to start to see a little bit more of that player, whether it's a full game, um, you know, or some huddle clips of a guy in more of a kind of full game scenario. And then obviously I think most coaches out there, unless it's like you're so geographically challenged that you can't do it, want to see that kid play in person as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I guess they should be pointing out the highlight film is just the first point of contact. You're still going to want to see them in person at some point. I'm sure <laughs> you're not. Um, but you know, another thing is like you mentioned what you want to see. What don't you want to see out of those? Cause I'm sure you got a few of those on the list too. <laughs> yeah, just like, like kind of touched on it before, but just like it for again, we'll go back to the defenseman. I don't want to see a defenseman just stick handle the entire highlight film. You know, I want to see him do different things. Uh, you know, I, I think you can look at Division One games. It's great that you can basically you know get Division One games whenever you want now by just typing in you know a, an NCAA tournament game, full game, and you can watch the whole thing. You know, look at things that the best players are doing, and you know try to put that in there. If you see. You know, if you're watching a game and it's a really good team against a team that's not very good and you're dodging through six people to score, mm-hmm. that's not really realistic at this level. 
you know, unless you're some sort of super athlete or if you're taking the ball away from a kid who, you know, is slower than you and smaller than you. And obviously you're completely, you know, uh, you know, more athletic than this kid. Maybe that's not the best thing to put in there, but it's, it's, it's maybe a little bit more fundamentally sound things that coaches look for, but adding a little bit of flair with maybe one other thing that you do that, that, uh, you know, makes you a little bit more unique is like a defenseman who can attack his matchup and get that guy to hunt the sides of the field or, you know, an offensive player who can, you know, break a guy down with an incredible, you know, hesitation or change the direction of X. Like you want to put those things in to make you pop, but you definitely don't want to, you know, overdo it with, you know, unbelievable trick shots and things of that sort that, you know, might not ever translate to, you know, success at the next level. Right. Okay. Um, so they, they've emailed you, they've gotten your, your, your highlight reel, you're, they're on your radar, but now like, I'm, as I'm sure you're aware, there's tons and tons of events and choices that kids have to make to like where they're going to go and how they're going to get seen like in front of the college coaches. Like as an athlete, like how should they be choosing which events to attend or like what do you what some recommendations do you think they should be going through? Well, obviously, you want to try to get on a good club team. I think that, um, you know, so much of the recruiting now is done in the summer and in the fall mm-hmm. uh, with just the way the, the, the calendar is structured. I think you, you know, you want to make sure that if you have a good rapport and you can you can start to build a relationship and have a conversation with a college coach who seems interested in you, it's it's being able to go to those prospect camps. But, um, you know, just just staying in touch with coaches. I mean, there's there's a lot of times where, you know, we have a kid come to a prospect camp as a freshman and we like what they do, but we don't necessarily think that we're, you know, maybe even going to recruit that kid further or we're, you know, kind of in that, well, we'll wait and see phase. And all of a sudden you see them again as a junior and senior and they're, you know, a completely changed athlete, you know, from a physical standpoint, their skill levels, you know, much superior than it was as a freshman. And, you know, that kid stays in contact with you. That's a good thing. And a lot of the times, even with our prospect camps, it might not be the first time that we see that student athlete play that we say, you know what, we want this guy. It might be the second or third time. And, uh, you know, the, those 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 interactions, you know, whether it's just continuing to have a conversation through email or it's catching up with a phone call every now and again, uh, th- those definitely help. And mm-hmm. I think if you can build a relationship with a coach and you get to that sort of finish line where the coach says, hey, listen, we'd love to have you here or it's second response where it's like, hey, I don't think it's going to work here. Um, I think most coaches at that point, if they say the you know, the, where it's not going to work here and they have a relationship with you, um, will will become a reference and a resource for you to be able to help you find another home that might be more suitable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, I, I pride myself on and our staff prides ourselves on is if there's a guy that, you know, we have a good relationship with that's been to a couple of our prospect camps or that has, you know, communicated with us through email and we say, listen, I don't think it's going to work out at high point, then, you know, that we, you know, that, then we'll, you know, be more than happy to help them find a home elsewhere. Yeah. All right. Um, and you've, you've kind of touched on it a couple of times, but, you know, the, the new NCAA rules um, for recruiting. Um, real quick, like I know it's been uh, kind of covered uh, quite a bit, but what, what are the biggest changes for, for you guys? Uh, you know, obviously for us, it's, uh, you know, I mean, obviously with the timeline being pushed back, you're not, I don't think there's a need to be, you know, so keyed in on maybe the twenties and the twenty ones right now. I think you want to start to formulate some lists and, you know, have some things prepared for when those guys are kind of coming up through the ranks and you're able to communicate with them. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not to say that we're not looking at twenties, twenty ones and twenties right now. I think we're we're still looking at those guys at the rate we were before, but obviously we're not having those conversations with 
you know, kids saying, hey, we want to get you to campus. Hey, we want you to, you know, be a part of our program. Yeah. Um, but with the 19s, I mean, coming up here, it's it, it's kind of gotten back to, you know, what it was when you know, I first got in the profession. You're you're prepared to, you know, initiate that phone call and that kid with that first day. And you're looking forward to kind of sitting down with your staff and formulating a list. And I think it makes it it's probably going to make it a little bit more organized and structured for the college coaches. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, like, how you know, how guys kind of, you know, always seem to find the gray area and communicating with guys beforehand. It's going to be interesting to see how many kids might initially commit um, and then, you know, kind of go back on their offers and start looking for other schools. You're seeing a lot of that going on right now, whether it's the kid looking or it's the coaches of other schools, you know, realizing that they might have missed a guy. So, um, but, you know, you still have a two-year cycle that you, you have to be able to, you know, have relationships, talk to guys. And for us, I mean, we've always kind of prided ourselves on finding guys early that we thought would be impact players, but also, you know, not feeling like we're really ever done, but always looking for guys late in the process that might have been overlooked or that, you know, might be, a buddy of mine used this term one time, normal bloomers, you know, guys that are, you know, juniors and seniors that are just kind of coming into their own. Right. I was actually going to, you touched on but I was going to ask you, like, do you think this has helped those, those kids that just, you know, grew up normally, like they weren't the eighth grade stud or the ninth grade stud, but, you know, and, but there was that pressure to commit early and those kids have committed and those classes have gone, but then they were kind of left out because they hadn't developed that fast, but then they get to their junior year and they're hitting their stride and there may not be a home because a lot of colleges had already finished those recruiting classes. Like, so do you think those are the players that, um, will this, this new rule will help the most? It might. Um, I think with the way recruiting was kind of going, even before this, you were seeing so many changes happen where I don't really think a lot of studs or guys that developed a little later uh, really ever got left out. I think those guys, you know, the the top schools are always going to grab those guys, whether it's early in the process or late in the process. And I think you've seen this like shift even this summer. I think, you know, you can go back to last summer, the summer before where just with the amount of guys that were switching schools, mm-hmm. you were seeing so many more, you know, seniors getting picked up, um, you know, in, in the in the later parts of recruiting, whether it was during the school year, their senior year, or it was going into their senior year. Um, and, and listen, I think, you know, when you talk about recruiting in these, like, and, and there's blanket statements regarding recruiting, a lot of it usually pertains to, like, you know, maybe the top 10 schools. Mm-hmm. But I think the norm has always kind of been, you know, the way we've attacked things. You're going to go after those guys early that you know, have a connection to your school that maybe come to your prospect camp or, you know, maybe you saw on the road and and, and, and they really like what you're doing and, and they commit to you as, you know, as, as early as their freshman year, you know, two years ago or earlier this year, you know, sophomore year. Um, but you're always, I mean, I think with the majority of the schools, they were always kind of looking for guys late too. So I don't think there's going to be, you know, some sort of like cosmic shift now where all of a sudden these guys, you know, guys that are, you know, becoming, you know, maybe a little bit more, like I said, athletic as time goes on and they start to grow and develop or a little bit more skilled, they're going to start to, you know, benefit more. I think, I think, I think it's always a situation where if there's a great guy out there, somebody's going to figure out a way to get them in and mm-hmm. find room for them to be in their program. Okay. Um, so we, you kind of talked a little bit about it, like at some of the, the prospect camps events, but you know, what are maybe some of the, the intangibles that may not translate on the field that coaches look for out of players at an event? 
Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I mean, at an event, it's it's tough. At a prospect camp, it's a little easier. I mean, you mm-hmm. get to see who's coachable. You get to see a kid maybe over two days, you know, how they react to certain drills that you put your guys through, um, what their demeanor's like, you know, with the way they interact with their parents potentially or, you know, how they interact with a coach, eye contact, things like that that are just absolute non-negotiables when you get to the next level. But, you know, I think you look for, you know, you look for all the, the athletic traits, size, speed, uh, athleticism, um, you know, you, you're you're looking for those things, you're identifying those things, and the longer you're in coaching, the easier those things become, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to evaluate. But you're also, you know, when you start to go to events to see like a certain guy, or maybe you're there to watch three or four guys, you know, your lens becomes a little tighter, and you're watching these guys, you know, do things, you know, how they interact with their teammates in between games, you know, the demeanor they have when a referee throws a flag and maybe it shouldn't be, you know, how they interact when, with their with their teammates, their coaches, you know, what they look like when they turn the ball over and they're tired and it's the third day of a four-day tournament, you know, all these little things that, you know, relate to effort, all these little things that relate to character that ultimately, you know, become the deciding factor of whether or not you want to welcome that guy into your family and your program. Yeah. And uh, I think just with the way – you know, Division One recruiting's gotten where maybe early on in the summer uh, you're going and you've got a little bit wider lens and you're looking at the whole field and you're looking at, you know, any potential guys can play there. As the summer draws on a little bit more, your lens, like I said, gets a little tighter and you're starting to watch, you know, maybe a couple, maybe a couple guys at a tournament, two or three. And when you're doing that, you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad because you're picking on every single thing, you know, a 16, 17 year old kid does. And uh, I think the good thing about that, though, is you can you can have conversations with guys, especially when they commit to you and say something like, hey, you know, Joey, I saw you play at a tournament and, you know, I, I saw your mom sitting in the back seat of the car while you were sitting in the front and, you know, she was jammed up back there. You know, what, what was that all about? You know, you can you can have that conversation and just make a note of that kid that, listen, from a respect factor, that's probably not the right thing to do. Or, you know, hey, I watched you play in this in the in the in the third game of the you know second day and. I watched you not get in the hole on defense. And, you know, that's a that's a thing that you have to be able to do as a midfielder at the next level. you got to make sure that when you lose the ball, you turn the ball over, you turn that into, you know, a sudden change for the better where, you know, we're fighting to get the thing back and we're, we're you know, we're, we're not giving up on the play. But it's there I like those conversations because it just it, it allows, you know, any sort of gray area or any sort of, you know, question of, you know, what I should be doing or, you know, am I doing the right thing or not. Uh, throughout the course of your play to kind of get answered yeah, that makes, before a kid even gets there. Yeah, it sounds like it's a lot of, the, you know, the stuff that players may not think about, like what they do when you're, they think no one's watching kind of thing. Like, No, no doubt. <laughs> and you guys are probably, call, yep. you guys, as you mentioned, you're, you're always watching, notice every little thing. Um, you, you've mentioned the prospect camps a couple of times. What's the best way for a player to find out uh, where these, when and where these prospect camps are happening? I think you have to you have to communicate with the coaches directly, and I think sending that initial email out is going to is going to cover a lot of those bases. Uh, just to say, hey, coach, you know, I'm interested in your school. I was wondering if you had any upcoming prospect camps. I think that just initial email and that you know um, conversation that you can keep going with the coaches is, is is the best way to do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you, you kind of touched one thing, like I, I, for my audience, we get a lot of, uh, parents and coaches that, that, uh, read and watch. So, you know, what's kind of a parent's role in this whole recruiting process? Like, what do you want to see out of them and like how much contact you should have with them versus, you know, the player themselves? 
Well, I'm a, I'm a huge believer that, you know, we recruit the parents as much as we recruit the kids. And, and uh, you know, when you were talking about, you know, dealing with sophomores or freshmen in high school and recruiting those guys, I almost think the conversation with the parents is so much more important. Because some of the kids just, they don't sail a lot while they're there. And you can learn a lot about the kid by, you know, the way they interact with the parents or just some of the things the parents are saying and, and how they're acting with you. And I think you have to lay out, you know, the expectations for parents as to, you know, what life is like in Division One lacrosse and just, you know, be completely transparent and honest with them about, you know, the adversity the kid's going to face. You got to talk to them about, you know, playing time and losses and, you know, what it's like to, you know, have an injury and things of that sort. And, you know, I, I want I want to interact with the parents to a certain degree, but I think the main, you know, piece of communication is going to come, you know, come from the coach to the player. But I also want to see the parents, you know, interact, ask good questions when they come to the office and they and they sit down and meet with you. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, obviously for us, it's the second to last line of whether or not we're going to make a final decision on a guy is just sitting there with the parents, having a conversation with them, like finding out if they're truly bought into your culture, um, bought into your program, bought into your university. And then, you know, the last line of defense for us has always been, just our guys, you know, we want to develop uh, an incredible bond of trust between our staff and our players. And so we put a lot of onus into what our guys have to say about kids, uh, recruits. And that might come in the summer when none of our guys are here, or a couple guys are here, you know, it might come from, you know, a kid in that kid's locale who knows him. And we say, hey, what do you think about so-and-so? And he says, hey, coach, he's a great kid. You know, I've done some things with him in the past. Uh, I'd love to have him on board. Or, you know, it might be during the school year where, you know, we'll sit down with our guys after a kid visits and we'll say, give us your thoughts on this kid after spending a day and a half with him. And if our guys are ever like, coach, you know, we don't think he's, you know, going to make the right decisions, is going to put him into a position to succeed on and off the field here, that's it. You know, it's over. You yeah. know, if, if, if our guys were like, coach, he was great. He asked great questions. Um, you know, he did, you know, he, he was, he was engaged. He, you know, was a little quiet, but he, you know, did, you know, he, he, he was, he was making good decisions off the field, you know, things of that sort. Like right. th that stuff is very important to us. And I think when you, when you look at the full package, you've got to, you've got to really check a series of boxes. It's that initial, like I've gone watched the kid play. He's, he's got the tools to be a great player. It's, you know, how he interacted with his teammates and coaches. Like we said before, what his demeanor was like when he, when something bad happened, then it's okay. We get the kid to campus, you know, whether it's through a prospect there, whether it's through a visit, you know, what was he like? Was he coachable? Was he a good kid? Were his parents good people? You know, did your guys like him? Is he going to make your locker room stronger? Mm -hmm. You know, where are his academics or where is SATs? Is he going to fit into our class? Are we going to have to, you know, use an exception on him? Are we going to, you know, be able to get him into school? And then it's like, you know, what can we do to get him here? Um, maybe you talk about merit-based aid, institutional financial aid, you talk about athletic scholarship dollar, and then, you know, it's then you make the decision as to, you know, whether this guy's going to be a good fit or not. Yeah. Okay. Um, and just to kind of wrap up, you know, I, I know a lot of questions I get from a lot of athletes is just like, how do they stand? Like, what's the best way to, to kind of separate themselves from everybody else to stand out? So, you know, when you're, you're at an event, you know, maybe not a prospect camp, but they're at an event, like it, uh, maybe you notice someone you may not have noticed before. Like, is there two or three things that, that could players can do to kind of get their attention? In a good way? Yeah. I mean, I would say beyond being, you know, athletically freakish, um, you know, and just the, the kind of guy that just jumps off the page from a physical standpoint is just become a master in the fundamentals of the game. Um, it really is like when the more you watch a guy, you want to see just a series of good plays like built on top of each other. 
um, you know, and, and, and you want to watch the kid, like I said before, just do the things that your guys are able to do. And I think for a lot of kids, you can learn so much about the sport by just watching the sport and by talking to people that have a good idea of, you know, what college coaches are looking for. And I think, you know, then for us, it's, it kind of breaks down more so by the position. I think if you're looking for, you know, a finishing attackman, obviously you want a guy who's knows how to move, you know, move, move in space, um, you know, a guy who knows how to, you know, hunt the ball when the defense starts to slide or, you know, his guy's head turns and you want a guy that can catch it and finish it inside in a, in a pretty quick and efficient manner. If you're looking for, you know, an X guy, you're looking for a guy with, you know, a, a different set of tendencies or you're looking for a lockdown defenseman, you're looking for a different set of tendencies or you're looking for an off-ball guy. You know, I don't think there's a lot of coaches out there that just go, Hey, whatever, just take the best available guy. If we've got six great on-ball defensemen, you know, we'll turn them into off-ball defensemen. No, you want to find specific things to fit that class. And, um, you know, I think if you can have open dialogue with, you know, a very good high school coach or a very good club coach or, you know, someone in your locale that's played at a high level or you have a keen enough eye to be able to watch things and be able to do them off of just like, you know, being a visual learner off of something off of YouTube, that's great. But, I think a lot of the times, like if you just ask the question to a coach, if you can have a conversation with him, um, you know, and it is a it is a kid who's a you know a junior, you know, and you're able to have that conversation with a coach, or you are a you know senior able to have that conversation with a coach to say what are some of the things you're looking for in that class, and use that kind of you know coach's answer as your guideline as to what you want to put forth when that guy comes to see you or when you put your highlight tape together. Mm-hmm.